welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. I forget the name of the language of this, of like, core. They say it a bunch of times. Galarin or something like that. There's a glossary for this reason. Because in Jorah they're speaking, it's Karos, right? Maybe. Maybe. Gorum, yes. Gor- yeah. Gorum. Yeah, no, you're right. This Gorum language. <laughs> yeah, Gorum, Gorum. Anyways. That may be it. Th- there's a little bit where um, somebody makes a note, I think about Senere speaking, whatever. I think Cone mentions like, oh, it's she can speak perfect. I think it was Keros or Coral, Keros, like making a point to be like, oh, they're not speaking Gorum right now. And they probably right. haven't been the whole time. That's what yeah, made me think of it. Senere uh, is like, I don't have an accent. Rude. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, girl, you are smart enough to know that everybody has an accent. Some real, some real uh, coastal elite nonsense there from you, Sarah. Yeah. But, you Capital know. Capital city she bullshit. Got, she got maybe a few things to work through before she gets to the... <laughs> I guess. Maybe a few. Maybe a few. Yeah. Some some deep seated personal traumas. They just like we get some really good little actually Senere like background tidbits in these chapters. Because we, yeah. we're so we see her so closely. And like we'll we'll get to this later, but the Dorna has like a great conversation with her mm-hmm. where she just calls her out on her bullshit. She's like, Oh, you're on the wrong side, aren't you? And Senere's just like, No, I'm fine. <laughs> Everything is great. I know what I'm doing, and I'm yeah. not also 16. <laughs> no, she's Actually, like in her know. 20s, I think, Yeah, right? I don't know how old she's she is. She's older, yeah. She's a little she, bit older. She's like um, Thurvishar age, I think. Yeah, although Thurvishar doesn't look his age because... That's true. Yeah. We don't know. Or wait, no, the other way around. He, he seems older. Legally, I think he's in his, like, 20s, but I think he's yeah. actually... I think he's... He might be in his 40s, like, biologically or something. I can't remember how it works. I don't... Remember how much time he spent at Shadrach Gore. Yeah, because he also just goes there by himself. It's a chill. Here and there, so. Listen yeah. back to our Ruin of Kings episodes, find out how old Thursday <laughs> is. Yeah, where we had this probably exact conversation again. And we just forgot because <laughs> podcast amnesia is a thing. And, and regular 2021 amnesia. It's been yeah. six months probably since we did those episodes. But also, in the grand scheme of things. He's past the age of his majority in the book's terms, so... Oh, yeah. Everybody stopped caring. Yeah. I feel justified in ignoring the conversation. He's definitely the most adult adult of anybody we see in these books. Yeah. Also. Including all of the adults. Yeah, he might actually be, like, the most disappointed dad in the whole thing. He... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of instances when he wasn't finding them difficult. So what chapters are we reading today? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> we are reading 25 through 32, right? Yes. Yes, yes great. 
That's well, the ones okay. I read. Those are the ones I read, yes. Okay, awesome. Okay. Every podcast we have to say which chapters we're reading with a question mark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't, this, I have confidence that we will. I don't really think we need like, to prepare that. Getting into, I think this is like in the teens of episodes that we've recorded at this point. Mm. Yes, we'll start that now. <laughs> Maybe. If we remember. Not like we've always done it. To be fair, in the last book, we read 10 chapters every time, so it was super easy. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one makes us do math. And I realized that that was my uh, suggestion that we do eight <laughs> chapters at a time. And no, I, don't I was going to suggest it, too. It's yeah. not just you. These chapters are so dense. Like, this whole book, honestly. Yeah. This is similar in length, but it's, well, I don't know. All the soul swapping in the first book was also super dense. Yeah. This just has multiple timelines to keep track of. Um, so, well, the other one did too. Yeah. In conclusion, listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, I think we talked about this last week and that like these ones in the um, the little intro segments where they're like in the tavern, there's mm-hmm. a lot more going on. And so mm-hmm. there's, there you have like minimum like two things to talk about every chapter because you're talking about the storm house setting yeah. and then also whatever's happening in the chapter yeah and also trying to remember stuff from book one yes um, yes some of that comes up in these chapters and i yeah did not remember what was happening. i remembered a little bit i remembered a little bit yeah yeah um, well 25 starts off with um jorad is not as great lover. as janelle would have you seen where they're talking about Jorties and their relationship to the Mayor Cory, which came up last time, but now it's like spelled out more where the Jorties like consider their Mayor Cory neighbors to be like intruding on their land and like they they have the stereotype of like stealing babies and summoning demons. And it's you know, a bummer because it's like it deals with a lot of what Janelle's dealing with, where especially when we get to the parts where she's um, talking to Duke Chun, where it's like Jarrett isn't as great as she would make it seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the The whole chapter is it's a real bummer, and it's yeah, like Nineveh basically talks to Quone about how like not only are the Maricori in Jarrett treated horribly. In their own country, quote unquote, they're basically being systematically enslaved by capital city houses, mm-hmm. and and then within that itself, her we so we we talked a little bit last time about how how she's a Duraxon, yeah, uh, from that that clan. We find out that like the Duraxon are basically uh, all of the cast offs and rejects from the other clans raised as badass assassins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is dope, and I do want a Duraxon origin novel now, to be honest. And just a whole, yeah, just like a Nineveh origin no- novel, because she, like, she's had a whole life experience before we even meet her. You know, she talks about how she got tired of killing and left that life, and uh, I think she, yeah, she talks about, you know, a lot of other people haven't seen what I saw, that just violence, ne- violence never leads anywhere positive, and so she is, like, she's had a whole, like, novel series of her own by the time mm-hmm. we even meet her 
And uh, I'm super interested. I would love to love to know more about that. Every single one of Gen Lion's secondary or tertiary or friggin' quaternary characters could have their own book. They are immediately protagonists of their own story, which makes the world feel super real. But like, even an unto Butterbelly. <laughs> but yeah, especially I was say, Butterbelly, Butterbelly origin story, please. <laughs> I would read it. I would. I would. I would read it. Yeah, he's a he's a fence who paints. Yeah, I want to know more. At least a short story. He's got a soft spot for little urchins. Yeah, but Nineveh's too. Like she's got this whole backstory, and now she has like she also has all this political insight that yeah. Um, you know, we're talking. We talk a lot in this book about being on the outside of a system rather than the inside, and Janelle is on the inside of a system, but she's made to stand outside of it because she's been chased off of her lands that she is the heir to, but she would immediately lose if she was inside them. So she's got this perspective, and Ninovus has also got this. She has a view to societies that otherwise people inside them don't really have, um, which took Kieran, like, three quarters of a book to figure out. So, like, it's nice that it's an ongoing theme. Yeah, and Cone's little bubble also gets popped mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this one about, you know, he remarks about um, oh, slavery not being inherited for the Maricori, and then this is like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she literally uh, says, aren't you adorable? <laughs> yeah, which he is, to be fair. Yes. But it's like, I don't think, I think part of that is, like they talk about how Cone went to the Vashai instead of going to the Blue Houses mm-hmm. or the Academy to train. If he had gone and become a healer with the Blue Houses, you know, with the Demons, he might not be so naive about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Take a shot every time I say naive. On this <laughs> but like, it's it's true. It's what Janelle and Cone are discovering about themselves in these books. They're like their view of the world is not does not match mm-hmm. with the way the world is and that's kind of like a sadly a part of being a teenager is yeah but yeah and then he's like he you know discovers things about the core houses and then it sort of makes sense to what kind of decisions cone makes later on yeah totally mm-hmm there's an interesting interplay of like naivete versus cynicism. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think quite uh, gratifyingly, this is not a grim dark novel. This isn't like we need to be cynical about everything, but it's not naive. And I think it's interesting to see like you have this shitty upbringing, you're raised to kill people, you're a Daraxon, like your, your place in society is made clear to you from the beginning and you still understand the ways to help, and you just you you keep going. Whereas Senere, I think, is the other extreme where she's seen some terrible things that are implied, um, and she kind of she doesn't give up, but she starts playing the numbers. Right? She was every time the massacre from earlier chapters where they kill basically an entire town um, comes up. They're kind of like. She, she at least says, you know, if there had been any other way, like she thinks it's a matter yeah. of numbers, whereas yeah. um, none of us has at least held on to the idea that it's still about people. 
Yeah. Yeah, Sinari is very like, kill 10,000 to save a million. Right, yeah. And she and she's happy to do that math even though they haven't saved the million yet. Yeah. But she's just like, she's like, no, no, it's, yeah, we're gonna do it, you know? We'll, yeah, she's still naive maybe in her own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Nineveh has a really good, I wrote a bit down here, um, something that Nineveh is saying, um, cause we talked about this in the last episode about the scene on the bridge and the interplay between Cone and Janelle there. And, um, so just, it, you know, in regards to that. So, uh, this is Nineveh. She says, I saw how upset you were when you saw the Duke's people kill that man on the bridge. I don't know whether he had it coming, but I know my people deserve better better than to be run down like dogs. I shouldn't have to pretend to be Jorites to be treated right. I don't think Janelle really understands. You do, at least you're trying. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, that yeah, pretty much so. It sums up basically what we were talking about last week, like the idea that the Maricori aren't given the rights and, and cultural kind of respect that Jorites are. And Nineveh is lucky and that she can pretend to be Jorites and automatically is treated better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the beginning of the next chapter, because obviously the story is being told in the Stormhouse, you know, Janelle says to Nineveh, she's like, I'm trying. I really am. Mm-hmm. And to me, that rang kind of hollow. Like, really? You're trying? <laughs> like, like, come on. Is it? It's not that hard to just, like, respect people's right to, like, not be slaughtered on... And a bridge? And... Oh, I didn't read it that way at all. I took it to mean more like, I've considered what you've said, I'm trying, like, you know, putting... In some ways, she is asking Janelle to put aside her entire, like, cultural identity as someone who thinks that everything should be seen in terms of Jorati's, um, Itara and Thudaje, um, and... Janelle is really trying to have a paradigm where that those aren't where, where there is a third option, but her entire life has been spent being told there's no third option. You're either above or you're below. So you either have to protect people or be protected. Um, and like, you know, Americans, all of us struggle with it. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking about like, you know, you're with us or against us is like right. the axis of evil. It, like, it's a lot easier. Um, to put things in terms of, like, this or that, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying, so maybe I'm just being defensive here. <laughs> it's not always easy for me, either. Yeah. I think by the end of the book, Janelle will take actions that prove she's trying to yeah. change Jorette. But, like, even Kieran had no idea. Like, beginning beginning of Kieran in you know, the the Velvet House to now, mm-hmm. he's, he's much more aware of the atrocities of horror, but he, even here, he's like, I had no idea. And Nineveh is like, why why would you know? Mm-hmm. Um, did you know we're try- trying our damnedest to enslave an entire dominion? So much profit to be made. It's working out really well for us. Like, she's, like, impersonating the royal houses they're not just gonna go out and say that mm-hmm. like yeah. th- there's so many like, that fact right yeah and i think also the the um the objection i didn't know is 
different in this world because there isn't broad communication. Um, There's no journalism. There's no news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get your news from the marketplace if you're lucky. You have one or two There's only so many orbs to ponder. It's true. (laughs) Exactly. So... Yeah, I still think like, Janelle is trying yeah. to understand. Yeah, yeah, I think I just like I don't know. It rang a little hollow for me that she was like, "I'm trying." Yeah, that, like, that's well, a fair reading. It's also been like multiple years by the point that the storm uh, shelter conversations are happening. And I was mm-hmm. just like, ah. like, but it's not like it's not like she was taking part in Jorati's politics in those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, she's basically been taken out of the game yeah well yeah let's 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 move on to chapter uh next chapter 26 <sighs> i guess we're going we don't have to go chapter by chapter but yeah but janelle is... let's talk about duke shun oh that there are a lot of pretty idiots in these chapters <gasps> yeah Wait, I, I do have one thing to say about chapter 26 sure. yeah yeah um i do and I think we've talked about this before. I do find it interesting how the they're talking about the tournaments and Janelle is like talking about how the next week of fighting would like determine business contracts and like commodity and guilt or innocence of accused criminals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, it's I've never seen that. You know, you don't read that in a book about things um being decided by uh, contests, mm. and then she's she Janelle's talking about all these contests, and then Senere has a note that I agree with, and I would feel if I was having to be there. Whereas Senere is like, all that, all those parties you have to go to sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's another at the very end of the book. There is another clue. And I'm going to point all these out about um, Relsvar being Father Sejera once again. Mm. I'm trying to find it. Uh, well, no, let's just move on. Sorry. That's it's 27. Cool. Where things go downhill very fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Duke Shun. He's, uh, he, uh, so my, uh, the way I started to picture him, especially after he started talking, uh, is I picture him as like a little boy in like a Victorian outfit <laughs> carrying a giant lollipop. That's like Duke Shun to me. He's just like, mother, mother. I, I pictured the emperor from Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> yes a spoiled brat but it's it's it's, yeah we've we've you know all this build up and build up and build up of like okay everything's gonna be fine once janelle gets to duke shun and she's got this plan and blah blah blah, and then she gets there and it's just like immediately like no this isn't going anywhere this guy's an idiot he's not gonna be like even before relos far shows up Mm -hmm. is just like no this is not gonna work out this is no he has he he has no he has no idea no idea yeah he does he does a reasonable approximation of someone who is ruling a country mm-hmm. uh while actually just dressing pretty. Yeah. 
So and like before Janelle gets into the story part, like you can see that Janelle is no longer like her opinion of Duchun has changed to more negative. Mm-hmm. Where she has this great line, uh, where she says Duchun's a fool without the real without the wisdom to realize standing outside during a storm results in getting wet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, then, and then Kieran's like, so, uh, so no Thudage for him. And Janelle's like, it's hard to hold Thudage for someone when you think a horse would do a better job. <laughs> Not a fireblood, a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah. Yeah, she gets quite the rude awakening, which, like, Cora kind of tried to prepare her for, but I yeah. think, like, the. The slap in the face that is like, not only is this person just not able, not able really to help you, mm-hmm. they like don't want to because they're too stupid. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't want their help either. Yeah, That's how bad yeah. it is. Like this person that you've pinned all your hopes on is a fucking idiot. And like it, it is an interesting testament to how deeply ingrained culture is to a person that after after having this disastrous meeting in which her beloved I think she she loves the office certainly her beloved duke is a dimwit who is in league with a person she saw commit genocide mm-hmm. um like even then she's like I know what's going to fix this we're going to do this as jorities as possible we are going to like challenge this person mm-hmm. to a duel in the traditional Jorty's manner, and we're going to establish, like, through a complicated means of, like, submission and domination, that Rolosvar is a bad dude. And everyone's going to understand it, because everyone else is like me, and they they are super Jorty's. <laughs> and it's like, every every time she's counted on the Jorty's way up till now has not worked out. And yeah. she's still, like, still be like, no, this is going to work, you guys. She she understands how things are supposed to work, and I can appreciate that as someone who gets real mad when things are like, but it is stupid. Uh, but it, yeah. It, I think this is finally the point at which she's kind of like, well, you did the smartest possible thing in, within the Jorati's, like, law and canon, and, oh, you sweet baby. It did not work. Yeah. New. I do like the the Scooby Doo type chapter right before this, where Dorna and Cone get captured by oh, Cinere, yes. where they're like they're yeah. like trying to listen in, and then it turns out Cinere is right behind them, and more like <laughs> maybe maybe they've found you out eavesdropping. Yeah, and like when when Dorna sees Cinere for the first time, where she didn't see her before, she's oh. like immediately like. Hmm, she's, <laughs> she's hot. Yeah, what like, is she, I didn't she expect that. Something like, is, nobody told me that she was trying to smuggle melons or something. Right, yeah, she was smuggling all the melons in. Oh, so far. God, it was And great. then in the notes, Senere is confused about the compliments. She's like, thank yeah. you, question mark. <laughs> yeah, because I don't... I don't think it's clear here because Senere's disinterest comes from so many, many reasons. Like, she's a bad guy or yeah. she has other stuff to do. Uh, but I believe Senere is 
uh, asexual, and so, or she does not run. Yeah, she's like, I, uh, okay. So, so part of part of her confusion is also just like, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back to things that I yeah. care about. Meanwhile, Dorna has been like fucking her way through half the tournament. It yeah. sounds mm-hmm. like there's like a bit where Cone is like, "Where'd you get that purse? It matches." The outfit of the lady who was just here. Um, did oh, she Jeff. pay you? And then Dorna's like, uh, something like she appreciated the lesson that I taught her. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I truly can't tell if Dorna is just robbing people she's sleeping with or if she's doing sex work. Either one is great and hilarious because Cone does not know how to deal with it. Yes. And this is where we get the return of... Taman, who is like <sighs> completely under the thudage yeah. of Rello's far. It's really gross. He's it's like sad. it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. He's like a dog. Yeah, really like a sad dog. Um, just desperate not to get kicked. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, he's been like beaten, and he's like constantly just like kneeling, and I think he's like like holding on to his Rello's far's hem. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Even if. Yeah. I I always appreciate when it's like, well, you have these bad people, but you want to see justice. You don't act like that's a yeah. that's an object case for why most people don't actually want vengeance. They want people to face consequences. Uh, and those are very different things because like y- y- it's not pleasant to see him suffer even after the last yeah. like the, the massacre didn't like, happen I, that long ago in book terms, but still. Yeah. Like I would argue that Taman is not really a bad dude at all. He just is a victim of a lot of circumstance and being manipulated by Rellos Var, who is thousands of years old and is all about that. So, like, yeah, of course, like, a weak-willed little dude like Taman is going to get caught up in it. Yeah. And he still can't do his job right, because he he describes uh, Dorna with white skin, (gasps) and and then Var, like, tightens his hold on Taman. And then he's he adds in splattered with black, and then the duke is like, "Doesn't that sound like someone in your party, uh, Janelle?" And she's <laughs> like, "Oh no, Duke, my, my nurse has black skin, not white." And then Senere has a great note of yeah. like, "I don't know what's worse, the fact that Janelle is using semantics to like get her way, or the fact that the duke is falling for it." Though it, it worked, yeah. <laughs> and she she did a whole zebra situation, like no. White on black, not black on white. It's totally fine. <laughs> but, you know, it's also depressing that the Duke didn't catch uh, Taman getting so, oh, like, yeah. obviously coached into answering the questions. So Yeah, it's, yeah. So, and Janelle, I think at this point, she's just like, oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna say it. And so she goes and she, she accuses yeah. Far of everything. And then, you know, it's sort of a, it's a real, he, he said, she said, uh, oh, but and... right before that, uh, Janelle, like, nothing is really getting to Relisvar until Janelle brings up, uh, oh, you should have brought your younger brother yes. here. <laughs> and, like, his eyes go wide, and yes. he's like, he's like, I'm gonna fucking destroy this woman. <laughs> he's so mad that, like, uh, that, cause now it's like, oh, here's, here's a failure that I know that, about you and that's when things mm-hmm. go like haywire after that 
It's a great chapter because we very rarely see Rella's bar flustered and he gets kind mm-hmm. of flustered in two ways here. Like the the Kieran reference and mm-hmm. then the bit where the Jorites all understand that like a duel has been declared and he's like, what is going on? Like he, he really doesn't know that when, when two people accuse each other of high crimes, you must duel. Yeah. And, uh, and it, yeah, I mean, I think even Senere says in the notes, she's like, it's not the worst play of Janelle's. Like, if I saw you, I would assume that I could kill you with a sword, too. Right. Also, to be fair, Korid is like, why did you think you could take on a wizard? They all look scrawny until they aren't. And he's <laughs> also correct. So, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. It also shows, like, um, like how wrong, even though he's so smart, and he knows so much, and the things we learned from book one paint the immortals in a different light that are not so idyllic. But still, he's so old, he's lived so long, and yet he knows so little about Jorty's culture mm-hmm. that even though he's has machinations in this nation, that he has not bothered to learn anything because he thinks... He knows better. He doesn't have to learn about the fact that he would have to be in a duel because he's the smartest man in the world. Mm. Like, it's like, you could be, you could be the smartest, but his ignorance kind of makes, paints that light of like, oh, you're wrong about this. Maybe you're also wrong about everything else. Right. He knows a lot of facts, but it doesn't mean that he's morally correct. I I did write in my notes when the duel came up, uh, uh, in like Yu Gi Oh voice, da 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 duel. <laughs> yeah, the 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 Yu Gi Oh the duel is um is is well written, but I think I got the most enjoyment out of the um discussion in the afterlife. So they have the fight, Janelle. Uh, loses, um, but before she loses, she falls to her knees, and uh, this is the indication that she's surrendered, and Relisvar still kills her. Um, and so Janelle is confident, perhaps naively, everybody drink, mm-hmm. that uh, it, everyone in the stands is going to understand that even if the duel proved that she was a witch, that Relisvar is a, a Thora. Um, that he for, is yeah, just for a killing her anyways, like for after she surrendered. Right. I'm okay. not convinced that everyone in the stands is going to go along with that, but it seems like a reasonable plan. And Korad is like, well, it wasn't totally stupid. So <laughs> yeah, which is it's a reasonable praise you can yeah. get in yeah. that scenario. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We also we also get the indication that Janelle is very indifferent to her own life yeah yeah I like think depressing I... degree it probably has to do with a lot of the demon possession and thinking uh, your mother is a demon yeah she yeah. says as much but and Cora to his to credit like Cora weirdly of i think all of the immortals that we've met so far actually cares about human life yeah like he makes a note he, he he's like don't like throw your life away like are you do you treat your life so so lightly or whatever mm-hmm. and she, or yeah and she's like 
you know, she's like, look around me. Like, I die every night. You know, say, yeah, she she basically makes a point. Of, like, my life is fucking weird and crazy. Right, this and, is just a change um, of venue. Yeah, he actually does kind of seem to care about her mm-hmm. and, like, what death means to her, which is a remarkably tender moment from one of the eight mortals. Especially considering Thane, goddess of death, is like, yeah, sucks. All right, goodbye. Yeah, go get that spear for me. Right. If you die, it seems unimportant. I'll just find someone else. I we'll like bring that you back the... and make you do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the duel is done in uh, the perspective of Cone rather than Janelle's. And here we can, like, back to 29 just a little bit while the duel is going on. Something that I didn't realize um, about everyone's most hated character in this book, Sir Orith, Cone describes Orith as handsome. And in my head, I never pictured him that way because of how ugly of a person he is. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, always, I always pictured him sort of like oafish just because of the way he talks. Yeah. yeah. And like every time he talks, I like... I want him to die. <laughs> he has a line where he's like, you're sweet enough to look upon Senere, but you're not fooling anyone into thinking you're a stallion. Which only just goes to show that, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a sexist or shit. transphobic. He, he's I, a shit. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, like I don't think, I don't think our terms perfectly map, but yeah, he, whatever, the, yeah, there needs to be a term for, I guess like, so yeah, uh, somebody who believes that physical gender and physical sex are the same thing. Yeah, I think prejudice so like, was like the yeah, catch-all gender normative. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it has to start uh, with cis. Cis. Yeah. Some. I don't know enough Latin. Cis normative, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, you all get it. And Senere has sucks. a line about um, <laughs> about uh, slander. And Jorat and like she's like, don't you have, don't you have laws protecting people against slander? And Dorna's like, yeah, you're looking at this is it the contest. <laughs> so good. Yes. Yes, it's called yeah, punching. Every interaction between Dorna and Senere is gold. It's. I mean, like, every perfect. interaction between Dorna and insert character. Here Most is characters, fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair, yeah, yeah. So oh, she does. Dorna says um something at the beginning of chapter twenty nine, where she like slaps Janelle on the shoulder and she's like don't pick a fight with someone who scares gods <laughs> yeah. I might need to embroider that yeah it's pretty good I could use that reminder I routinely right. try to fight cars so <laughs> it's already bad enough yeah chapter 30 has a very depressing line about the afterlife where Janelle's like I wonder how people in the living world would react if they knew about the afterlife that most souls never reach the land of peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no religion spells that out for people that, you know, the reward for life will be like maybe an eternity uh, fighting demons. I do think it's interesting that that is the, the version of the afterlife because that is very um, old school. Uh, it's, it's very late in human history, relatively speaking, that... Um, we get the concepts of the afterlife as places of like absolute infallible judgment of character. So like Egyptians kind of had it where they weigh your feather with the heart 
um, mm-hmm. or weigh your heart with a feather thing that everybody knows about. But even that, like, you you know, it, it gets embroidered with lots of, like, and then you have to pass this, and you need this spell, and you, like, don't get eaten by the crocodile here. Like, death was a scary place. Physically, it was a place, and it was scary. Like, you were stuck in the mud, and you were miserable, and it was dark, and then later they added in all the nice stuff. But, like, this is kind of what most humans expected from most of their lives. And that's, I don't know, it's really nice that it doesn't get wrapped up because, like, nothing is really finished in this world. And it makes sense that the afterworld is also not finished. I can't think about the the feather uh, versus the heart thing without thinking of American Gods, where Shadow goes through the whole feather thing. And then his his heart doesn't like weighs evenly with the feather, and then the god is like, "It's a very heavy feather." <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the extent to which um, Egyptian afterlife stuff is like still so relevant because like they were one of the places where the afterlife was extremely good, like. In I will stop extemporary. I will stop sermonizing in a second. But like, the Egyptian afterlife was like, hey, our river floods all the time, very regularly. We have so many crops. Everything's great. Let's build a bunch of triangles and just enjoy the shit out of life and death. Whereas you know, a lot of other cultures were like, well, it's cold or it's boiling and we're starving all the time. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> It's not really that surprising that we took a lot of influence from Egypt. I'm still laughing about the let's build a bunch of triangles. (laughs) It took me a second to realize what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, life is good. Let let us a triangle make. (laughs) I mean, how do you celebrate? Uh, I mean, yeah, fair. Like, I don't know. I live in one of those it's cold and miserable places, so yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. See? Yeah. Me too. I think it it's interesting that it also does kind of bear out. It's like, oh, the Aztecs had pyramids. Oh, it was nice and warm and they had regular. Mm. Huh. Okay. Well, I, I feel like it's hard to A, build and B, like, keep up a pyramid in, like, heavy, like, cold weather. I feel like the the elements would just, like, tear everything down real quick. Yeah, that's fair. Although the pyramids used to be smooth. They're not anymore. They used to be covered in limestone. They were real sparkly. Yeah, shiny. What do you think of Janelle's plan overall with... Oh, you don't, oh we're not talking about pyramids <laughs> Sorry, I guess we... we'll get back to the book. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at my notes. <laughs> no, no it's fine. It's on. legit. I, did not, I, was, I was jokingly roasting you for, <laughs> getting for keeping us, back us to on the actual task. topic. So I'm sorry, what was the question? What do you think of Janelle's plan overall, the getting Relisbar uh, to basically overstep his authority? I think, again, it hinges on everything going perfectly Jorateezy, and it doesn't. Right. No. I think, I think it was a reasonable plan, given her options and abilities, which are punch yeah. things really hard yeah. and believe in my country and like yeah i just she's a bit min-maxed right now yeah i can't i can't exactly fault her for wanting to believe in people and believe that they will honor the traditions that have built their society yeah it's a good kind of like believing like naivete drink maybe (laughs) maybe we can 
have faith that voting works, right? Like, it's not a terrible statement to make. Yeah. And, like, just because it doesn't always work doesn't mean we should give up on it. Right. I think that the Jorati, like, when correctly done, the Jorati's way seems kind of cool to me. It's just like, yeah, you, you owe people and people owe you and you have to protect the people that you owe. That's more than some representatives do in some districts, so... There's yeah. a lot of like cracks in her plan that yeah, for sure. rely on not knowing the full extent of Relisvar's power because it's like she's trying to prevent Relisvar from being able to get anyone on his side in order to open gates, forgetting the fact that one Relisvar can open gates himself. Mm-hmm. He, like it's like. Oh yeah, no one. Everyone in Jortees will be against Ralasvar. It's like, well, he can just leave. Right. And yeah, the other thing is, Ralasvar has money. Like we never really get the I, full idea of Ralasvar's wealth, but I imagine years and years and years and knowing human um, greed that he has. Yeah. Um, money available to buy his way into. Um, getting what he wants. He's the head of and, a religion. I think he's probably yeah, doing budget fine. never seems to be an option for him. Yeah. So even if even if everything that Janelle wanted came to pass, he could just send in someone he could send in an agent. Yeah. And she would be dead. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the other thing. If Janelle's plan had gone perfectly, she'd be dead. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't but get she, mad, she too also... mad that it didn't work out. She also has um, an in with Thane and... Yeah, she probably would have been returned. Yeah. I guess as... I guess technically she wasn't dead yet. So... Yeah. She was also like... kind of hoping that Cone might get to her in time, maybe? Which yeah. was not unreasonable of her, but also kind of yeah. dumb. Yeah. If Janelle gets knocked out, does she also go to the afterlife? Good question. I don't think so, but I don't, I don't know. think so. I want to say that comes up at some point, but I don't know if it's this book or like if I'm she's not dead here, why does she go to the afterlife? I think he like casts kind of a spell on her as he's like stabbing her or like like she dies enough to like go oh. to the or like she's unconscious enough to go to the afterlife maybe and then he kind of like puts her in stasis. Or like it's not super described. Or, like, her dying doesn't... Janelle's got two levels of death, right? She only hit the first one that she does regularly. She might yeah. not have hit the second one, where she can't come back to her body. Yeah. So it's possible that after she was done being dead for a little while, she would be undead. Undeaded. Yeah. Re-alived. You know who else dies? Storm. Storm. It's also temporary. <laughs> it's a bummer for ten seconds when then right. you remember that she's in the stormhouse talking to them, and it's a very like Monty Python moment where like Kieran just turns to Dorna and she's like, "So you died?" And she's basically like, "I got, I got better." better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then again, and she's like, "Don't you know a lot of people that have come back?" And Kieran was like, "Yeah, actually, I died three days ago." <laughs> I was sh- I was shocked. I remember being shocked the first time. I read this when Orith kills Dorna. It's it's like crazy that it it was that shocking to me because 
you know, she's, we know that she's alive later because of all the storm shelter combinations, but still in that moment, like you're so attached to the character where you're just like, mm-hmm. what? No, no. Oh, oh, wait. Oh no. She's fine. She's fine. It's okay. It's okay. But like, it is impressive that in a book where, in a book series where people come back from death all the time, it still mm-hmm. does really hit you sometimes when people die or are like, Oh murdered. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm still not over. Um, and this is going to sound terrible because I've forgotten her name. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'm a little bit over. Um, who was the woman <laughs> who raised? Uh, no, the woman who raised Kieran. Ola. Oh. Ola, yeah. Ola, oh yeah. Ola's great. That was. Like it, it was so sad because yeah. it was an accident. Yeah. But, yeah. But. I mean, so the first time I read this, I thought Talon might be involved. Oh. Which. Oh, I never thought of that. So, I never thought of that either. But that's terrifying. That made me real suspicious of the current tavern people. Mm. Um, yeah, so. and maybe it happens. Listen on to find out. No. And I guess that's that's fair, right? Like not only, like yeah, some like sometimes people die and come back. Sometimes people die and are like replaced by mimics. Yeah, and aren't there like twelve mimics or something? Yeah, yeah, but I think there's some a, there's, of them were destroyed. Yeah, there's like a, there were about a dozen of them, and yeah. then like I think and then everyone realized left. what a terrible idea that was. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the idea that there's, like, all these mimics just running around out there, and we only know about one, and she's, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to imagine there's just one mimic that was, like, fuck this, and was, like, chilling on a beach. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they, like, absorbed a lot of really chill people, and so they just became really chill. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's like a selective Honestly. vampirism. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I can't drink from that guy. It's like Anne Rice. They can only drink from really pretty people, seems to be the rule. <laughs> Speaking of people dying, uh, this book's Butterbelly dies, uh, Coven Glass. <laughs> he, was, he was super relevant. You know, he... Butterbelly too. <laughs> he, had his t- he had his time in the sun of yep. making uh, Janelle's grandfather make bad financial decisions. <laughs> Providing then, some plot impetus. And then introduced Nineveh back into the book, and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he dies by Nineveh too. Yeah, he gets an arrow in the throat. Yeah, it's great. Which he deserves. Yep, he's a dick. And then Orith almost dies, and certainly deserves oh, to be killed yes. because he does such extremely foolish things as slapping someone who owns a cornerstone. Oh, right. Like, oh my god, he's like, so, he, and especially because like. Dog. Okay, so let's let's go through the last twenty minutes of your life, Orith. So your fiance just got killed, and this lady that you're with has uh, collected the body, taken some hostages, is uh, controlling all of your troops, and has now made a gateway somewhere. And you slap her because you think she's getting uppity, bro. Yeah, even. Even given that no one in Jorat knows that much about magic, like, you have to be a special kind of fool. Yeah. Orif sucks so much that Cone, who never thinks about hurting anyone, <laughs> contemplates how he can hurt Orif. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, remember your oaths. I, and I love that, like, Senere breaks down why... Um, 
Orith killing Dorna was such a bad decision. Terrible like, you basically idea. gave Thane information now, you yeah. fucking idiot. It's yeah. like, you basically just said a communique right to the enemy. It's like, and then Orith, who is slow to not only uh, follow through, but also to catch up, is like, wait, the gods are, like, you can talk to the gods? Like, this is, this is the level we're dealing at now? Oops. Yeah. Uh, she has a great line of, like, honestly, Orith, what good are you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she has a footnote where she's like, I should have just left him there. He's so pretty, but so dumb. Yep. She, well, I look forward to his death, but, uh. Yes. I also forget how he dies. I think I remember, but I don't want to. I'm looking forward to learning it. I'm looking forward to re-enjoying Orith's death. Yes. We also get, um, Senere's perspective on... Uh, the Eight Immortals, where mm-hmm. she says, Thane is the enemy, they all are, Korid, Taja, Galava, um, you've been sold lies all your life. The Eight Immortals aren't our guardians, they're our jailers, our rulers. They sit at the pinnacle of a system that benefits from humanity's enslavement. Why would they ever set us free? When she's talking about, you know, slavery and, you know, um, Sort of her, like, hinted at past. Yeah. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong at all! No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't ha- I don't fault her her intentions, but her methods are bad. Because murder. Yeah. Mass murder. I think everybody in this story is also a murderer. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this we- is when we finally find out that, um, Zajera is, um... Relisvar and Cohen yeah. sort of like puts it together yeah. based on his spell casting, which is very clever of him. Yeah, it's fucked. It's really fucked. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a really horrifying moment. Yeah, when he's like, yeah. oh no, oh no, <laughs> yeah. And then it it just compounds by it compounds the betrayal when um, so they're trying to gauge Janelle and it doesn't work, presumably because of something Korab did, and then they. Yeah, Gish. Cone. Hmm. Like, imagine the Pope taking part of your soul and being like, I own you now. <laughs> That's basically what happened to him. Yeah. The, the Pope, Pope who you, like, personally served under right. and who, like, set you in this position knowing probably that he would maybe have to set you up to steal your soul at some point. Right. The Pope sold you into a slavery from which there is no escape. Yeah. And you'll die if you don't do what the Pope says now. And either way, in the afterlife, you belong to a demon. But yes. Yeah. Ta-da! Although, Senere did say something about how you don't need a demon yeah. to gauge somebody. It just makes it easier. So, do, do I, I'm non-demon gauge people still don't go to the land of peace? That is a good question. What, what she says is that she uses the Stone of Shackles. and. Right. How right. she does that without having the Stone of Shackles, I think, oh. has something to do with the symbols uh, she paints. Okay. Because t- we talked about last time where they explained how the symbols, the air symbol, has, like, its own tenye because it's, mm-hmm. like, the true, like, the true essence name, of, like, yeah. sort of thing, the true essence. Yeah. So I imagine those same... Symbols that she's p- painting on Janelle are sort of like have a connection to the Stone of Shackles that we don't 
fully understand. They do explain that the reason why they can't gauge Janelle here in this chapter is because she's already gauged, but they do mm-hmm. not reveal like, who? Um, yeah. who has the gauge. Which is yeah. like, I don't remember this bit at all. So I don't remember that Janelle was maybe going to be gauged, so I also yeah, excited I to relearn how that works. But Steph's question, yeah, I think it it's a, like, if you don't have a demon involved... Does the sliver of soul belong to the demon at the end, or does yeah. the sliver of soul still belong to the person who owns, like who quote unquote owns it, who took it from you, or does it go back to you? Like it's a it's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, although it does suggest that um, the demon is like an intermediary of a cornerstone. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, begs the question of, like, can anyone else be an intermediary of a different cornerstone? I don't know. Or they can just... I always think, like, maybe it's demons know something that human wizards mostly don't. Except uh, what are demons? I really don't know, and this I want to find out so bad. the biggest question. That, like, I want like, what are demons? Why is the afterlife uh, a place? Yes. Yeah, there's a couple of questions in this chapter. Like, why does Ralasvara think um, Duke Kane might also be the demon claim child? Because they mm-hmm. talk about him having like mm-hmm. backup plans, and yeah. like it, like it seems very obvious that Janelle is a demon claim child. But he also is like, but don't want to count. The Duke out. might also yeah. like. And I'm, I'm not really sure why that is. I think we learn it later. Yeah, we find he out. He talks but I about what it was. some events from his life that makes him believe that he is that person. One thing I never caught in these books, and this is like my fourth time reading it, is that Orif sucks so much that uh, Ralasvar brings up, ask him, "Hey, can you sing?" Oh yes! <laughs> I didn't realize why right? he asked that, and then he brings up uh, Sharonakai from the first book, yeah. and like he or sucks so much that if he had to become part of like those living the mountain that sings yeah. for Sharonakai, I'd be like, yeah, you, you deserve it. I mean, yeah, yes. I do love they they talk about. Uh, I think Senere says like Orth is too stupid to be gauged. And she says, he'd get himself killed in a gauge loop the first time we send him to collect firewood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would be amazing. I mean, that is an interesting defense against being gauged, right? Like, like, you can't be trusted? Yeah. Or just, like, you're so dumb and ornery and mean that if someone gives you an order, you're automatically like, yeah. wow. Well, um, and that's what Quone is worried, really worried about when Janelle mm-hmm. is getting gauged, because mm-hmm. he's like, she will not obey a geish command so she will get she will immediately die in a geish loop because she has no fear of dying yeah yeah um i have a question because i don't remember if we know this okay so uh rilla's far talks about going to see a vane friend and i think he mentioned something about a walk on a beach yeah who is he going to see i think it's in the next book Okay. Because the next book concerns, for anyone listening who's only read this book, um, the next book is mostly about the Manal and the, the Vane, and I think yeah. I think it's someone high up in the Vane. I don't okay. know how much. Okay. Because I, I, yeah, I could not remember him 
if he did meet anybody in the first book, mm-hmm. we might not have known anyways because we don't get his perspective. Right. So I could Bonnie not remember friend if it was something on the beach. Um. Unless it's... Um, we know that Relisvar never, probably never visited Shranikal's island. Yeah, um, yeah, because he didn't so know where he was. He actually says yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, so he hasn't been to Instana. Uh, so it's probably not that beach, and that there are yeah. very few beaches that we know about. I guess it. it well, when does the Shadrai Gore? Not sorry, not Shadrai Gore. When does the Chorus go? Uh, uh, yeah, Karis Golgoth. Yeah. When does that happen? Is that later? I think that's still later. I think it's still later. Yeah. So yeah, maybe just, right. I, well, yeah, I was just, just like confused. I was like, oh, do we? I could I could not remember if we knew the answer to that or not. And maybe we do. We've just forgotten that because that happens a lot. Yep. But it's also fairly early in the timeline, so it's not yeah. anything. Relisvar is just setting something up that'll play out later. Well, he he. It's a her that he's meeting. She's like not a hug. Can... She's not a hugger, but Velsvar calls her her Majesty. So it has to be um, the Queen of the the yeah myth myth whatever her face was. Yeah, the sister that mm-hmm. yeah, I forget her name. Uh, me Maya's Maya's sister. Yeah, it's my sister. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Yeah. It'll come up. Yeah, anyways. Okay, so it's probably next book stuff. But I don't know. I don't think we ever... I wonder what... I wonder what they're meeting about. Right. I don't think we ever get that. So so maybe when we read book three, we'll, we'll eventually have a conversation or something where it's revealed, but... Do you know Relisvar gets everywhere? Yeah, just getting... I think they even say in this set of chapters, they're like, or it was last set of chapters, like, is there a ruler that he doesn't have his paws on? Mm-hmm. Ooh, the other thing mm-hmm. that we learn in chapter 32 is that Star is the child of Dorna and Eroth. Yeah. He is Oroth's half-brother. And so he could technically also, like, challenge Oroth for the inheritance title all that yeah there's like revisiting jorat later is going to be interesting yeah because of stuff that happens at the end of this book and stuff like spring stuff sprinkled in like that Mm -hmm. but orith is still still has a full brother too who's not who's who's also not a dick Mm. right um, so, who knows what Ivar, that... Ivar, I think his name is. Yeah. Or Il- Ilvar is his Ilvar. name. But yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it... horrifying moment for Orath when it's like, congratulations, you stabbed your father's ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. He's not going to yeah. be pleased with you, and he's already mad at you because yeah. you broke. He's definitely not going to be paying your allowance anymore. Yeah. One of the other interesting things we find out is that um, Dorna's an angel, but not of Thane, Thane of Taya. Yeah. yeah. Which... I thought that was interesting. I had forgotten that, 
Uh, obviously, it's relevant in this book, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we do get the reveal that Dorna does, in fact, use magic. She yeah. really only knows, like, one spell, but she is, like, a savant at it. She uses it extremely well. That's her, like, witch gift mm-hmm. of being able to yeah. uh, cut things. Yeah. And just like Kieran has trouble getting past his one spell, um, yeah. Dorna never did. And Janelle, uh, at the end, they're implying that her witch gift is her strength and her, like, abilities in that arena. And they take it away from her so that she's forced to uh, grapple with her magic powers. Yeah, I thought, I, I kind of forgot that, too, mm-hmm. the first time. The idea that, like, Relos Var wants her to practice her magic and get mm-hmm. better at it. He doesn't want her just relying on the strength. And so that's why they, like, yeah, they put a rune on her or something that basically makes mm. her normal strength. Which has got to be, like, it's got to be horrifying just on a physical level. Like, in the same way that when you're growing and you're a little kid, suddenly you bump into things that didn't used to be, like, <laughs> at the height that you were. <laughs> um, and uh, just for your entire adult life, just... Suddenly things weigh, weigh too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the idea that like they are, they're grooming Janelle for mm-hmm. something in a way uh. is very creepy. Yeah. Like I kind of had forgotten it, but yeah, like it's not dumb luck or anything that, that she's still alive. Like they have a plan for her. Mm-hmm. That comes up almost immediately in the next, the next when we start doing the next episode about the grooming. Because mm-hmm. this, Spoilers, but this is when Janelle finds out that, in the yeah. present, that Janelle finds out Relosvar is Father Zajira. Because this whole time, uh, Cohen is gauged from telling her. Can I do... You can cut this, but one more academic discursus. When uh, Jen Lyons is using the word angel, she might be thinking of it in the older term of um, Melek. So the root for the word um, that eventually became angel is actually messenger. Um, and it's the same letters in Hebrew. I don't know about Sumerian, um, but it's, uh, there are similarities. Um, it's the same root as the word king. So a messenger is kind of like the face, not the avatar, but it implying the presence of the king, bringing forth the presence of, and, and the king and the, the god are often very similar. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, the person who brings the king's will into the world. Mm. This could be totally just me spouting off, as I so often do. I would not I be surprised, be cool. though. Because yeah. Jen Lyons has definitely done her homework. And I think yeah. her author bio says that she's into, like, ancient Sumerian stuff, too, I think, right? I think so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. why I bring it up. Because I, I would guess yeah. that there are similar roots there. If if you think that she's making that connection, I would guess she probably is. She might be. Yeah, I think I think her bio says like she's into like Sumerian or like very into Sumerian mythology. Yeah, truly, I think you two would be great friends. I think that we would be giant nerds together. Yeah. I hope she wants to be my friend after that, yes. but I'll settle for that. Um. Yeah. All right. So, um, Josh, what else are you reading? I am reading. Uh, I got a late Christmas gift from one Christina, uh, <laughs> Paladin's Grace by T. Oh, Kingfisher. Nice. Josh uh, said he was on the wait list, so I was like, no, you're not. No waiting. <laughs> it wasn't a Christmas w- gift. I don't, 
I just like giving people stuff when I think of it. It was a book. It was around Christmas. <laughs> it's a Christmas book. <laughs> the, the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day. Yeah. Technically, it's after. still Christmas. Okay, Christmas that's goes true. Until, like, February. Right, right until Chinese New Year, in which case we get more time off, right? Right? Damn it, America. I think it's... I think Little Christmas is the 13th when the you know the kings were supposed to have arrived yeah, the so that's when that's when we I usually Epiphany was the sixth i have no I idea i don't know i i'm just saying words sure yeah me too though but yeah with I'm a reading, lot of confidence i'm reading paladin's grace by t kingfisher Yay. and i'm also reading um bret hart's autobiography uh just titled hitman which i also got for christmas and and then later found out that Stephanie lives right near Bret Hart. He's right over there. Oh my God! Really? We... That's so cool. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was very excited. Like next door, next door, or just like city next door. You can see his building from dang, like that's cool. Steph's window, like two blocks. You're basically best friends. Oh, this is the best friends podcast. Yeah, it was funny. Like he and I don't like follow him or anything, but somebody posted a it might have been josh like reposted a, a tweet was. or something of his it was like him and his wife on their balcony and i was like i can see my house from here <laughs> <laughs> that's funny steph what are you reading me i am reading uh i'm reading paladin's strength by tk <gasps> kingfisher which oh, is the funny. second book in that series um which i'm greatly so enjoying good. so far it's really good yeah uh, and then I'm also reading uh, Last Exit by Max someone, but thank you. I'm also reading Last Exit by Max Gladstone, which I'm just getting into. It's pretty interesting so far. Um, lots of like alternate reality stuff, which I'm generally into. And there's a third one. Oh, yeah. And then this book. I was like, I, the other day I was thinking about like the three books that I'm reading, but one of them is Name of All Things. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Too many books to count. So yeah. We've done also, this to you, Steph, and we're not sorry. <laughs> so what, what are you reading, Christina? Um, I just finished I just finished a book by T. Kingfisher, um, which is Nettle and Bone, which is a standalone. It is excellent, as all of her books are. Um, and uh, now I'm reading The Book of Night uh, by Holly Black, which is Oh, like, yes. I think very... you were telling us about it last week. Probably. I can't, I can't remember if it was on I love time. It definitely happens yeah. and I don't register it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, you can find me on the internet at geeklink.com in the reviews and the reading section um, along with Josh and Steph. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Girl. Steph. You can find me on the internet at Steph O. Kingston pretty much anywhere. And also on geekly.com, writing book reviews. You can follow me at 4or5wits on Twitter and on Twitch and geeklyinc.com. Alright, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Keep hoarding them books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listen to Josh and not me. I think that, Stay hardy that's clear. for books. <laughs> yes, can that be our, our new extra? Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.